Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to Submit yourselves, for the Lord's sake, to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the emperor. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Um, There's some opportunity if you'd like to take notes. um, I might just ask Nathan and Seth, could you do me a wonderful favour? Could you hand these out? Hopefully there should be enough for everybody. Um, If you feel free, if you'd like to take notes... However you want to take notes, feel free to do that, but this may be helpful um, for you, and please do take them away with you at the end as well. Would you agree with this statement made by uh, Pastor Mark Dever, who's the pastor of a large church in Washington, D.C.? He says this, almost any government is better than no government. Almost any government is better than no government. 
See, when um, Saddam Hussein was overthrown in the early 2000s, and um, Iraq was plunged into a power vacuum, uh, violence between the Sunnis and the Shias broke out, and a government was formed, but violence has continued for years. It's still going on. Um, Islamic State are wreaking havoc in that region. In that region. But government is a gift of God. It's a common grace. And when I talk about common grace, I'm going to quote this. It says, it's an expression of the goodness of God. It's every favor that falls short of salvation. We know as believers in Christ, we have that. But it's in this world, which is the undeserving and the sin-cursed world enjoys at the hand of God. All the blessings that the world enjoys. This sin-cursed world enjoys at the hand of God. This includes the delaying of wrath. This is the reducing the severity of, of, of our sinful natures. It's natural events that just lead to prosperity. It's the, it's the world that produces food for us and all these good gifts that we get from it. But government, too, is also a gift from God. See, when there's a combination of the lack of human authority and a tendency, as we know, for humans to sin, what is left is something that never brings peace and never brings prosperity. So almost any government is better than no government. But it begs the question then, how are we to relate as Christians to the government? When our ultimate king we know is King Jesus, but do we seek to overthrow governments? Do we put on a British uh, Union Jack flag? Are we conscientious objectors? Do we pull away from the world or do we just throw ourselves into it? Do we moan about the government? And refuse to say, I'm not going to vote for you. I'm not voting. I'm not even going to bother voting because you're all hopeless. You're as bad as each other. Have you said that before? I'm not paying taxes to this hopeless lot. My money doesn't go where it should be. But certainly in verses 13 to 17, where we're going to start, and hopefully we'll get into the rest of the passage, but it's where we're going to start, that regardless of the government over us, we have a responsibility to our authorities. We have a responsibility to our authorities. And I think especially in the current climate, the political climate, with everything that's been going on in our political system, how do we deal with that? How do we say we can submit to this government when all the things that are going on? You see, we may be citizens of another kingdom, and we always have to remember that. And Peter's at odds to tell us we are foreigners in this world. But he's saying we must submit to those that God has put in charge of us, over us. Why? as Peter says in this passage, because it's the will of God. It's his will for us. Now, when I hear the word submission, I don't like it. I immediately jump back to my teenage days of watching WWF, as it was then, or WWE wrestling, and The Undertaker was chokeholding some other wrestler into submission, tapping out, okay, I'll do it then. That's what I feel when I hear the word submission sometimes. But it's the will of God. Submission is the way kingdom of God. And so first of all, we're going to look at the overarching principle of submission that we see here in what Peter writes. So from last, just to be clear, from uh, last week, um, we saw that um, Kenny was preaching on uh, 1 Peter 2 verses 9 to 12. And he, just to summarize that whole sermon, which is quite hard to do because it's very good, but he basically said that Christians have been called by God to be out of this world to serve him as ambassadors. We are his priests now. Those that believe in Jesus are his priests. So we are ambassadors to display the rule and reign of Christ to those around us so that they may come to know him and glorify God too. That's 
That's the um, summary of what was said last week. That's what we're to do. As Christians, we are to display the rule and reign of Christ and make it look great to the world. And then he immediately goes into this passage where he says in verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, to every human authority, whether that's the emperor as the supreme authority or in verse 14, or to governors, says. Well, as I was studying this, and um, there's a really good app that you can look where it takes it to the Greek and the, the origin of the words, what it means. And this really stood out to me, where it says in verse 13, it says, um, submit for the law take to, to, human, to every human authority. In the ESV, that word is institution. And in the Greek, what that word means is creature. So what Peter's saying is submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human creature. Sounds a little bit odd, doesn't it? How are we to submit ourselves to every single human creature? Well, what Peter is doing, we've got to think about the context here. What Peter is doing, what he's saying is, he's talking about the nature of authority. Remember, in this day, Nero is in charge. People were not just to um, bow, were not just to do what he says, but they were to worship him. They were to worship Nero and the Roman leaders. Peter's reminding them, he's saying, look, these rulers, Nero, he is merely a creature created by God, under God's lordship. He's saying, look, the emperor is not divine. Do not worship the emperor. No ruler should be worshipped. And I think even in today's, a ruler worship is not just left to the first, first century Roman, um, I, can't, I can't even speak, the Roman, uh, what's it called? Empire, that's it. I was going to say emperor, but empire. The Roman em, uh, empire. I think ruler worship is something that can happen today. I was thinking when Tony Blair was coming into power, some of you, anyone remember Tony Blair coming into power? Anyone remember that? He was like the promised, like they saw him as a messiah, didn't they? Coming After 15, 16 years of Tory reign, Labour were getting into power and Tony Blair was seen as the man to deliver all our hopes and just make the world a better place. Failed to materialise. I also remember on... Um, Sadly, when Jack Dromey passed away, there was a, then a, an election in Erdington to see who would be RMP. Um, and on the day of the um, voting day, you should have seen Erdington <coughs> High Street. I've never seen it so busy. Political parties, people from all across the country coming to support their person that was going to hopefully win the election for this area, going around canvassing, saying how amazing their um, candidate was. The cafe, as we were still, I think we're still living it. We're still shell-shocked. I can't say that five times fast. Shell-shocked um, from that day of people visiting in the cafe. It was filled with people trying to say that their person was going to be the one that could bring all the, uh, solve all the problems in Erdington. I saw Christians that were um, waving banners, vote for Paulette, vote for Paulette. She's going to do the great things. Being more excited about that than about Jesus. Our leaders are but human creatures. They bear God's image. And as he says in verse 13, so they should enjoy our submission. They should enjoy our respect, Peter says in verse 17, but they do not receive our worship. They do not receive our worship. Well, that's the overview of 
the overarching principle of submission. But Peter also talks about the extent of our submission. What is the extent of our submission? Well, there are no exceptions. How far does our submission go to our authorities? Well, whether it's to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors, there are no exceptions. It is to everybody. They've been sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. They, they serve the common good. Our authorities are to serve the common good. Authorities are to maintain order in the world, and we are to submit ourselves to them as they do that. There are no exceptions, whether, it's, whether they're good or whether they're bad, whether it's our political party in power or whether it's not. We are to submit to them. You see, God is not surprised by who our prime minister is. God has put him there. He's put him there. There are no exceptions to our submission. Well, what about... Sorry, a bit slow on this. I apologise. What about the, um, the manner of our submission? How should we submit then? Well, our submission is to be voluntary. It's voluntary as we are those that Peter says are now free in Christ. Andy talked about it earlier. We are free in Christ. So submission... We don't submit to our authorities just because we're scared we're going to be punished if we don't. I don't pay my taxes, they'll put me in prison. That's not why we do it. We do it out of choice. Why? Verse 13, for the Lord's sake. It's for his sake that we do it. Verse 16, Peter says, we live as free people. See, we have been made free. And I think sometimes we forget this. We have been made free from this world, from the power of sin and our um, addiction to this world, we have been free in Christ. We're now enslaved to him instead. We're not enslaved to the rulers of this world or anything in this world, but to Christ himself. So Peter says here, don't, don't use that freedom. Don't use that freedom you've been given in Christ to cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Freedom in Christ. Our freedom is Christ. It's not our freedom to then sin. How do we submit? We submit by doing good. Verse 15. It's God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. We submit by being good citizens in our society. Instead of our responsibility is not merely not to do any harm in this society, just to keep the status quo, our responsibility is to do good for it, is to purposely seek the good of our society. Meaning our general posture, posture towards others and other things shows itself in how we act towards them. Our posture should be towards the good of other people, to the good of our authority, to the good of our city. Now, Many of you will be, uh, remember Jeremiah 29.7. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper too. Remember the, what's happened here is Israel taken into exile for 70 years into Babylon, into Babylon. And God said to the prophets that they were to live at peace during their time in exile. Remember how Sadrach, Meshach, I'm sorry, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and Daniel were promoted were taken and were exiled from Israel into Babylon. And they sought the good of their captors. Isn't that amazing? I've not really thought about that before. They were taken, these bright, intellectual people, 
were taken into exile. And they could have said, no, I'm not doing anything. I refuse to do something. But no, what did they do? They sought the good of Babylon, the place where they were. They did well for it. They didn't use their freedom in, in God's cover up for evil. We don't, now we live after Jesus. We, we, do not li- we do not use our freedom in Christ to cover up for evil. That means that we pay taxes to who we, we owe taxes to. We don't come up with some dodgy way to, to funk the system so that we pay less tax. We, we respect those who are owed that money and we pay it. We promote what is good in society as exiles. We speak well of people in government when that is really, really hard and really tough. We're thankful for the authorities that we have, especially in this country, where in many countries they don't enjoy or submission to it is not as easy as it would be in this country. We seek the welfare of the city. That's why we care about what's happening next door. Do we want a betting shop next door on another one on the high street? No, we don't. And so we seek to prosper this city by speaking against it, speaking to our councillors, to the governors, to say this is not a good idea and saying why. But also, it means as Christians, it is right and good for those that feel called to go and be influence, influencers within the government system. Maybe running for local councillor. Maybe working for the government. We can be influencers. I remember speaking to many of you, remember James Crow and his wife Anna, and their church leaders, um, I think it's suit. So Susanna, I think, is the, the wife. She, um, she is someone that advocates for um, how to best um, help single-parent families on how to keep a household together. And she was employed by the government to be someone that speaks into the Tory plan for how uh, their policies, um, how their policy comes about. She's a believer, and so she bases it on biblical values. And now she is influencing how government policy focuses on keeping family units together and, and that. I think that's an amazing thing to be able to do. And she does that as, as a believer, faithfully fighting to keep family units together and how the government can shape their policy to best help that. But something we need to be careful about is, to, is not to think that we can bring heaven down here on earth. We can't. Jesus doesn't have a majority vote yet, does he? He will do one day. He will return and he will bring peace to those who love him. So we submit to our earthly authorities as God's slaves now. We submit in the way that we serve God through submission. There no, um, I've said that there's no exceptions. But there are sometimes exceptions to the rule. Just as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they would not worship other gods when they were forced to. They were forced to worship other gods. And they said, no, I draw the line there. I'm not going to do that. They stopped and they refused. Peter refused to obey the leaders in, in front of the council in Acts 4 and 5, where they ordered him not to speak about Jesus anymore. And what does he say? What is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judge, but as far as us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We must obey God rather than man. We must choose God over man. And we have to recognize there's going to be times where we're going to be in a position where we think, should we stand up to our thoughts? Should we not submit in this area? I was 
slowly getting through Stanley Tucci's tour of Italy, the regions of food. And he visited all the, the different parts of Italy. I know that some of you have been watching it here. And I was struck by the one I watched recently where he, he visited Lampedusa, which is a small island um, closer to Africa than it is to Italy. And that is the first place that many refugees um, sail to to try and get into Europe. Once they're there, they're part of Europe and they can't be, it's hard to get them sent back. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people every, every year, they said a th- several thousand come every year and make their way a really dangerous journey on a dinghy to get to Lampedusa. Now, the fishermen um, have been pulling people out that have, fall, that have fallen into the sea and bringing them back into the land onto the islands. And then the Italian government passed a law saying that you're not allowed to do that. You can't help a, f- uh, a boat that's in trouble. You can't help someone that is in, a refugee that has fallen into the water. You have to leave them. Basically, they're, left to die, they're, left, they're to leave them to die. As a Christian, would we submit to the authorities that put that rule in place? Or would we submit to King Jesus, who values life so much more? Well, we may not be placed with that decision, such a big decision as that, but, but we may have smaller, less obvious decisions to make about who do we submit to first and foremost, whether it's right to submit to God, um, what we see as God's plan would be, is better, or to our leaders. We do when our children are taught things in the school curriculum that we feel uncomfortable with. What about in the workplace when we're not allowed to pray or when you're not allowed to wear a cross as jewellery? You're not allowed to offer to pray for someone. Who do we submit to then? Sometimes submission to King Jesus will trump submitting to the authorities that he's putting up in place for us. But that's something that we're going to have to work through that we're going to have to pray through and speak to one another about and encourage one another in. But fourthly, the reason for our submission, the reason for our submission, sorry, I'm all over the place, but the reason for our submission is simply this, for the Lord's sake. As we display God's kingdom, we we, we display God's kingdom through submitting to our authorities. Simple as that. We display to society and to the world around our love for God through submitting to earthly authorities. It provides a faithful witness and it silences the ignorant and the foolish people, it says in verse 15. Simply by paying our taxes, driving at the speed limit maybe, obeying the laws of the country, speaking well of those in authority, we are able to silence those who may be tempted to slander. Christians, we may be sidelined and ostracized for our beliefs, but one thing they cannot say, they will not have grounds to criticize us based on our relationship with our authorities and our involvement with the society. That's why it's important as Christians we're in society, that we're for it, that we're speaking for the good of it, that we speak for the good of this community and we do good for this community, that no one will have grounds to criticize us for our relationship with our authorities and involvement in our society. I confess, my prayer life doesn't spend much time praying for the leaders, local leaders or even our national leaders, but I think it should do. As a church, we should spend more time praying for our leaders. And then, finally, the the life of submission, to honour everyone. Honour everyone. 
Peter gives four imperatives here in verse 17. He says, show proper respect to everybody, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Honor everyone. Everybody bears God's image. All humans bear God's image. They should be honored. Value them, treat them well and with dignity, Peter's saying. Love the family of believers. There's, there's a preference to love and um, care for those that are the family of believers. There's that special bond that we have. And we'll come back to that in chapter 4 when, um, when we get onto that. But I love this. Fear God. and Then honor the emperor. Fear God first and foremost. Quite often we can fear our authorities, can't we? But actually what Peter's saying, fear God. Don't fear, don't, don't fear the emperor. Don't fear your authorities. Honor them. But fear God, as you fear God, as you love God, as you see him as the most important thing in your life, you will honour authorities. Be in awe of God. Don't be in awe of your authorities. We've got to th- Again, this struck me. See what Peter's speaking into here. He's, he's telling Christian believers that he's writing to Saying, honor Nero, who is killing your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're still to honor him. That is amazing, isn't it? Honor this guy that's doing some crazy things to your brothers and sisters. Peter can tell them to do that. I think we can work towards honoring our government well. Maybe we can be extremely grateful the government that we have, even if it may seem immoral at times. We can submit to that. But of course, we look forward to the day that Jesus will return and establish his righteous and perfect government on a new restored earth. Well, I have another half of a sermon to go, but I think I'm going to pause there. Um, and we'll come back to that next week where he talks about unjust suffering, which I really do want us to cover. But um, also just feel mindful of, I really want us to um, spend some time discussing this um, around our tables and on your table there's some uh, on your sheets that I've handed out there's some questions that's taken from um, a book on one Peter by um, Sanchez Mr. Sanchez um, and I, I, I really want us to have a good 10-15 minutes looking at this and whatever we don't get done today please take with you maybe in gospel communities maybe on your own please have a look at these questions but but first of all in what ways do you find it hardest to submit to authority authorities how does this challenge a passage challenge you and motivate you are there ways in which you might be submitting when you ought not to because it involved dis, uh, because it involved disobeying god whose wisdom might you seek in how you interact with authority in this way are there areas of government of laws that you as a christian should be taking a stand against or voicing your concern over how will you practically and how will you make sure that you do this with proper respect Take your time going through them. If you don't get through them all, that's absolutely fine. Um, but if there's only a few people on your table, please feel free to join me at other tables and so forth. But let's spend some time thinking about how do we submit? How, how do we submit and deal with our authorities that God has put in place with us? Because as I was going to come in on to, we know Jesus was the one that ultimately submitted, didn't he? He submitted to the cost of his own life. He suffered greatly. And yet, he was without sin. And so let's spend some time um, looking at these questions.
about 10, 10 minutes or so to do this. Please carry on. Father God, we thank you and praise you that your words, um, sometimes we come to it and we're, well, every time we come to it, we're challenged by it. Um, but maybe particularly on this area of submission, Lord, to authorities, Lord, that we, it's not easy to do. So, but thank you that we have a wonderful example in your son Jesus who um, willingly um, suffered at the hands of um, authorities that wanted to kill him. And Lord, he is a great example to us. But Lord, ultimately, um, we want to follow you and obey you as the king of our life. And therefore, we want to obey and respect and honor those that you've put in charge of us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us seek to do that well. Um, and we know that particularly in the areas of uh, gray areas where it's really hard to be a Christian and to speak out about things, Lord, areas of, um, well, countless areas, Lord, where we are challenged about whether we can submit to authorities or whether we have to speak out. So I just pray that in this um, society that we live in today, Lord, where um, our beliefs are really um, squashed and pushed down, Lord, and spoken badly of, Lord. I pray that we would not give fuel to the fire through how we treat and speak about our authorities, that we would love this place, this city well, that we would love this community well, that we would love its leaders and say, Lord, we pray for Paulette, who's the uh, the local MP here in Odinson. Lord, we pray for her. We thank you for her. We thank you that she does love this community and, and seeks its prospering. Lord, I pray that you would help us support her um, in that endeavour. And Lord, others, Robert Alden and um, Gareth Moore, Lord, who are uh, Tories, Lord, who are also fighting for the good of this community. We thank you for them and we pray that we too would support them. And Lord, give us wisdom in how we love and pray and care for our authorities on a national level, where the political outlook looks bleak at the moment, Lord, and our thoughts may be of um, anger and frustration with how things have been dealt with, Lord. We pray that we will just be prayerful for them in a difficult job. And Lord, we do ask and pray that you would, um, yeah, it's right and good to pray for a leader that we can look to as someone that is moral and good, that we can champion. So Lord, we do pray that either a wonderful change in the life of Boris Johnson would happen. And we know that forgiveness is possible for anybody and everyone, Lord. And so we pray that as he has apologized for the things that have happened, Lord, that we would listen and we would be quick to forgive. Um, where maybe we lack trust in that. So, Lord, we thank you for those that you've put in charge of us. We thank you for the world that we, this society that we do live in that protects us on the whole. And so, Lord, for those people that fall within the gaps, Lord, we pray that the church would be the people that would look out for those and would champion those. In Jesus' name, amen.